Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee in what's the second special podcast this week with a, another special guest joining us in the studio. Welcome to Simon Donnelly and Des Roach is with us tonight. Simon, thanks very much for coming along and taking part. You're welcome. Glad to be here. It's uh, to the game at the weekend. Well, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, it's nothing quite like it and uh, the build-up to a derby weekend, is it? It's... Uh, you can feel it in the in the air, and no doubt you did as a player. Uh, the, the atmosphere is different in the dressing room and the training ground. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're a player now, you just want kickoff time. You know, you want the teams first and foremost to be in the team, uh, but you just want the game now. You know, this lead up to it and last minute requests for tickets and all the hype that goes with it. I seen Michael Beale and Ange at the the press conference earlier as well. So as you say, it will be heating up, but the players will just want to to get out there and start playing. It looked like uh, you know they were happy to be there. Uh, yeah, in that they picture, just staring into space. It <laughs> uh, wasn't much discussion at all. But yeah, I think they just have to do. It. It's one of these things have to tick off the the press conference. But yeah, they'll be looking forward to the game as well at the weekend. And uh, you know, we just obviously from our perspective, Des, it's it's going to be a massive weekend for the officials. Nick Walsh has got the game, and he's only done two derbies before. Uh, one of which was in the COVID years, as it were, or the COVID season. So. A big test for his character. Yeah, I think it's a big test for his character. But also, and I'm delighted to see it that it's a it's a massive vote of confidence from the from the SFA. They've obviously put next on a semi final. Very unusual if you do the semi final that you get appointed to the final as well. Mm-hmm. But as I say, I think it's a it's a, a show of his standing that they believe he's currently our number one referee. In which I would agree. Uh, so yeah, it'll be a lot of pressure on him. But we've seen the game that he done earlier in the year. He handled it well and there was very, very little feedback and, and talk back from it. And even in the, the second match between the two sides earlier in the season, sorry, back in January, Simon, there, were, there weren't that many contentious decisions apart from the Connor Goldson handball late on in the game, which seems to divide opinion. Yeah, and, and you're really hoping, from a football point of view, you're hoping that that's the case on Sunday. You know, <laughs> that, that the football is what we're talking about and not, any kind of VAR decisions. Having said that, it's inevitable, wasn't it? I've covered <laughs> enough Celtic games this season. You know, VAR is here. It seems to be here to stay. And, you know, it has changed the way football's regarded. Uh, I just watched a championship game down south last night. It was a couple of goals that would have been ruled off with VAR. Mm-hmm. You know, it was marginal stuff. But if it went to the line, it'd have been ruled off. But it was actually more enjoyable to watch it last night. There was no pause after, you know, because when I've got used to watching games with VAR now, it's, you have to wait. You yeah. just have to wait to see what the decision is and if the goal will stand. I understand you've got a little bit of an insight into the operational side of it, you know, in terms of the the, the centre where the, the VAR guys are, are based. You could maybe explain a little bit why there is a delay, do you think? I think maybe just with the actual technicalities of, mm. of using the stuff in yeah. there I think that's what's the hold up uh, and it isn't ideal because as I say more often than not that I do the Celtic games you've got 60,000 fans sitting there you know and they're looking at a screen and waiting on a decision mm-hmm. and we're in a studio at the back of the goal and you've got that whole stand looking back at you for you know to feedback and it is it's frustrating it is frustrating it's something that we're going to have to try and come to terms with and get used to as we go but I would like to think it will, the process would be a wee bit quicker, mm-hmm. you know, as we as we get better at it. You'd warned about this, Des, at the start of the season when, you know, the, the, it was announced that they were going to bring in VAR halfway through the campaign, or not even halfway through, when everybody clearly wasn't particularly ready to, to embrace it. I think we've said all along, if you're going to bring in new technology, 
it has to be ready to go and it has to be ready 100% correct. Now, we were under the impression that it was going to come in originally after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So that was maybe about well, August to December, four or five months later. And then all of a sudden it arrives at the start of October. And again, we've said if this technology has been available and the guys have been test running it, working on it, drawing the lines in the Simon says, trying to get there quicker. That's the ideal outcome for everybody. And the fact that we're still not quite there doesn't change my mind that it shouldn't have come in at all this year. I think it was pushed upon us because the technology's there. I think Mr Maxwell's quote was, um, it's like a new signing. Why wouldn't you play him from the start? Well, you make sure he's match fit first <laughs> if you're bringing in a new signing. Um, I would much rather have seen it run in the background, make all these errors out with the, the sight of the public. And I know the SFA have said they have done that, but clearly there's, clearly there's still a wee glitch in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd been far more comfortable coming in end of the year. Guys are completely familiar with it. They know how it runs. They know what to expect. And it's up and running and we're getting these decisions after 30 seconds, a minute at the tops, but sitting waiting for three, four, it's, five minutes. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I, I, I've got the advantage of watching the screen back when I'm covering the Celtic games. And most of the decisions, you can more or less get them in five, ten seconds. Now, I'm not an expert. I don't know exactly what goes on in the in the, in the, the VAR studio. Mm-hmm. But that's a bit of a frustration as well because you're watching it and you're, you're been a couple of Kyogo ones recently where uh, you can tell Kyogo plays on the last he plays on the shoulder. Yeah. it's difficult for for a linesman I would imagine because he's so quick. But when you've watched it back, five ten seconds you can tell mm-hmm. you know. And it's look, Des, you might be able to correct. I think sometimes when they get that bit and they think right he's on side, they then go back in the phase of play to see if there's any other yep. discrepancy, and that just extends it even longer and it's, yeah. as I say it is, it's very frustrating yeah when a goal scored they go back to when that attacking move started the, the attacking player pathway mm-hmm. but, but like what Simon just said there if you see something and you're having to look at it you should be able to get that decision within the first 10 seconds 15 seconds say have a look at it move it back and forward adjust yourself right fine okay I'm happy to go with it get the information forward see if you're having to look at something five six times yeah. then it's not clear and obvious yeah. uh, and it, under un, at that moment in time, I think you've got to then revert back to the to the match the referee. Yeah, the VAR is there to to clear the to clear up the clear and obvious errors. And if you're having to look at things five six different times, then that's not clear and obvious. So do you feel, Simon, that they should have waited until the start of next season and just tried to get everybody trained up, efficient, sharp on the ball? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Mm. I mean, you can't use the, the, the Scottish Premier League or top league. Almost as like a guinea pig, you know, for, for teasing problems. I mean, I, w- I watched the first game throughout Tynecastle with Hearts and Celtic, and you're hoping it goes without anything. And <laughs> there couldn't have been any more VAR <laughs> situations in that game. And, you know, they had teasing problems, but as Des says, could they not do it in the background and get these teasing problems where it doesn't affect games and then be ready to go at the start of what would have been next season? Then of course you'd have the argument that some of the decisions that have gone yeah. have gone right wouldn't have been. I know, but we we, we kind of lived with that before. As I said, that championship game mm-hmm. last night, yes, there was two goals there that you. But the game was three two, and as a spectacle for supporters, uh, West Brom won't say that because they get beat three <laughs> two. But for the neutral or the uh, football, football's about scoring goals, and I just think far now we could get into a different discussion about the offside rule. But it's just about taking goals away, really, and it's. As I say, that game last night was like old school. It was, you know, okay, there's a couple of things here, but it's, it's almost accepted before. Mm-hmm. Football's, a, again, something I've said and Steve said and we've all agreed. Football's a game of skill and error. 
the best football players will create the best chances, score the best goals because their skill level is higher than the opposition. Mm. The referee gets there for the exact same because his skill of making a judgment and making a decision is better than his colleagues. So that's almost been taken away. And if it's going to be used, yes, use it right and get it done. I also think that another reason it might have been brought in earlier is because of the current standard of the, the referees that we have in Scotland, where you've got to be using it in your domestic league to even be considered for Champions League matches and UEFA matches. And they don't want to lose their coefficient of the amount of referees that they have at, at FIFA level and UEFA level. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that's another reason that would be, the SFA would be considering to say, well, we need to keep this cohort in here. So let's let's get it in. Was that the one that bugged you the most? The, the Michael Smith handball incident in that Hearts game? But there have been a few involving Celtic this year. Yeah, well, I think I thought that was a straightforward penalty, but mm -hmm. people will tell me no. Uh, that There has been one or two. As I say, I, I, I do Celtic TV, so I'm covering most of the Celtic games. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bernabeu one and Matt O'Reilly. Really? Yeah. These, for me, these aren't the penalties. Yeah. They, just, they just aren't. And then I've seen things recently down in, in the English Premiership where... The boys, went, I think they were arguing about one last night on TV about if he, if he's fallen. But then it's interpretation, is yeah. he actually fallen? Because he, <laughs> he, he went to go down and didn't go down and it hit his hand. So, see, answer, I really don't know what a handball is now in the box. Mm -hmm. I, I watched Partick get one last week. I thought it was very harsh on Rangers. I watched Celtic get one against Morton in the Scottish Cup. I don't think anybody in the stadium could <laughs> see it. Apart from the guy in the VAR. Yeah. So it's brought an uncertainty to the game. I, I watch games now differently, as I say. When a goal goes in now, I'm reluctant to, you know, accept that it's, it's, it's a goal until VAR's went through all the process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's incidents in the box where I genuinely, well, how many months into the season, there doesn't seem to be a consistency with the decision. So you're looking at something that could be given. The next game, it, it's totally opposite. I know. That's what VAR's caused. It's caused uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, and I think particularly for referees as well. I mean, I heard a, an interview with the ex-head referee in Hugh Dallas mm -hmm. just last week, and he was talking about how Law 12 handball, um, or Phil's almost got up in the handball, is the most difficult to apply. Well, no, it's not really. And you're in a position within UEFA and the SFA are in a position that they can make amendments to these laws. If the ball hits you, then and there's nothing you can do to get out the road of it, then that shouldn't be getting called into question. That's just play on. I agree. I think the Cholak one against Party Thistle, never a penalty kick. Matt O'Reilly, never a penalty kick. Yep. Bernabe, never a penalty kick. But when you're going to put your hand up and you're deliberately trying to stop the one, it. Or, the one by the, the lad for St Mun last week against Celtic, I think that's a penalty kick because it's going in the net. Yes. Yeah, is it a red but the cap? sanction for yeah, yeah so it's a double jeopardy there. It's it's harsh, I think, on the on the defender. How many times did we see? We think there was one in the World Cup. We've mm -hmm. mentioned it a few times. Been say Portugal and Uruguay, maybe. Yeah. Where Fernandez has, has gone to the gone into the penalty area. The defenders came to tackle him. He's put he's went to slide tackle, so he's got to balance, put his hand down, and all the players are almost shouting for the penalty kick before the ball's even struck the player. <laughs> so it can become as a tactic. Well, do you know what? I'm just going to head it off here and I'll take a chance here. Um, yeah, I'm singing from the team sheet all the time. I'm saying a handball should be deliberate or unintentional, and that's it. I suppose one of the most contentious, or one of the more contentious aspects in recent couple of weeks was the Malik Tillman situation in the Rangers Spartak Thistle game. Where uh, I'm mean, all's well that ends well because uh, Michael Beale ordered. Rangers to allow Scott Tiffany to score, although Alan McGregor wasn't have much of no, it for, for a no, while. I think he was thinking twice, wasn't he? Was he? <laughs> Maybe more and than that, twice. <laughs> and that provoked a bit of social uh, media 
attention to yourself, Simon, from that, that day. From very unwanted and surprised. From, from that Wraith Rovers Cup tie back yeah. in 1995. Yeah, some folk have got long memories. Uh, <laughs> certainly it went out of my uh, memory. But yeah, it was one that uh, been brought to my attention, not quite like the, the Tillman circumstances, no. but uh, there, it was contentious. And I don't think Wraith Rovers were too happy. Jimmy Nicholl, uh, the manager at the time, been very happy with it but <laughs> I had to actually be reminded of the, the incident mm. uh, in the League Cup game where I think looking back as a young player I'd have just been happy to get on the score sheet but I think there'd been a, a throw in that had been returned further down into the uh-huh. the Rafe territory yep. which they weren't too happy about and then I've capitalised on their, their mistake but mm-hmm. yeah it was it was one of these ones that, as I say it wasn't as straightforward as last week uh, and here was me saying about how Sportsman like Michael Beale had been only to be dug up myself. <laughs> Nothing like the west of Scotland, Simon, uh, to, to, to keep the rivalry going. No, they must have must have long memories up in five. Oh, I know. But uh, yeah, as I say, I had to have the memory jogged myself. But these are situations. I, th- I think last week he did the right thing. I know it's been brought up. Would he, I mean, my dad said the same thing. Would he do it in a, a Rangers Celtic game? Yeah. And I think the sportsman thing is the, uh, is the right thing to do. But having said that, as you say, the West of Scotland and Glasgow, if Partick had scored and won the game last week, I know. he would have got dogs abuse. Oh, yeah. He would have. So it's a fine line, but I, th- I think he did the right thing. I was talking about that. I mean, some Rangers fans put a, lifted a banner up at the, yeah. the Livingston game, yeah. which I thought was quite unusual, especially the timing of it, you know? Yeah. I th- but listen, he, he backed his team on the day to go and win the game. And I think that was it was the right thing to do. There'd obviously been a misunderstanding. At the time, I was watching with my, my son and I had been distracted when I'd lifted my head back up. I thought Tillman had genuinely went to press down, as you do. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I seen the reaction of the party players and then we watched it back. So I, I think Michael Beale did the right thing. I suppose, like Simon says, you, you perish the thought it would ever happen in a... In <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> if, that just ha- imagine. if that happens on Sunday, all I can say is... I hope Nick's got his car engine running before <laughs> before the nine, before the ninety minutes out. Uh, yeah, uh, would, I, would would we see it in an old firm game? I would like to think we would, but it'd be highly controversial. And then what's the worst thing in that situation? The referees, the referee can't influence no. what what takes part there. The ref, no. Is it like a it's like a drop no ball? Rule. There is no. no rule if the instruction comes from the side. And as we said, Alan McGregor maybe a couple of things about kicking me to see if Alan McGregor didn't allow that ball to go in. Again, there's, there's nothing, nothing the referee can yeah. do. Yeah. He's got to, he's going to have a, a bit of hairy next ten minutes yeah. on his hands, and yeah. I think his cards <laughs> might be. I think Nick Walsh has got enough on his plate without anything like that. Uh, ab- abs- absolutely, I think his his cards would be going like a, a revolving door. <laughs> I think there'll be enough communication going on in the game. Do you not think to make sure? I think you would find you would find <laughs> you'd find a way to stop that play for some some reason. There's a feather on the ball. You talk about contentious decisions, and and even with Valor getting them, Simon, but. What, what were the worst ones that you were involved in as a player then? I mean, looking back, some big ones went against you, I'm sure. And uh, I guess the one that many Celtic players and fans would remember is the George Cadetti incident at yeah. Ibrox. Yeah, that, that would be the obvious one for me as well. I think, was that the three-each game? It finished 3-1 three, one, uh, three, one Rangers. 3-1, three, one. Um, getting mixed up with the Van Hoydonk game. Aye. No, I think that would be the, the obvious one because, you know... The way the momentum went, the way the, the the defender was coming out, it doesn't. It's not even a close one, really. And again, I'm going against what I'm, I'm probably saying about the championship game last night and <laughs> the advantages of the new opposition. But that's the one that went against us. I remember a, a Stephen Mahi 
what I would regard a stonewall penalty as well that we, we never got mm-hmm. and that was at Ibrox as well so yeah a couple of decisions that didn't go our way unfortunately we, we, we didn't have VAR back then but as I say I'm, I'm complaining about it nowadays so <laughs> I, I don't really know what the answer is I don't know if you can recall your emotions at the time, but I mean, like you say, it was a, it was a big moment in the season, that game. If Cadetti scores, it's 2-2, there are only seven minutes to go. You know, you're probably looking at getting a nice precious point there away from home and it, you go back feeling good about yourself. And the, other, the other way around, it flips. Eric Bo Anderson scores at the other end and the next minute you're chasing your tail again. And Aye, you're... and effectively kills you mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so it's, it's never nice when things like that go against you. And I think... That year we were given a decent account of ourselves in the league, you know, yeah. we had brought in guys like Cadetti, that definitely enhanced us, but yeah, when decisions go against you like that, it's, I'm thinking another one, but not necessarily in my time, with John Hartson, I think it was summer, I think. 2003 league John, cup final. I've heard John complain about it. <laughs> Just a few the one, times. The one goal that got away. But yeah, these 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 are things that happen and it's, it's no nice when it goes against you. It's uh, well, I just looked at some of the grainy footage of that de- that game, Des, that we're talking about, and my God, the challenges were fantastic. That's when football was for real men, as people <laughs> say, or they keep telling us it was always the good old days. Just like what Simon saying there, there's decisions that went against Celtic at that time, and for other teams because of our technology wasn't. Now we're complaining that it is there, and it's it's taking the enjoyment away from it. I think because it's been it's a worldwide thing now, and it's getting used in every country and every major decision. We've just got to live with it. It's here. I think the thing as well, Des, the, the thing that gets me in it is more about the rules. So the, the Cadetti one with VAR would have been pretty obvious. That was more the, than obvious, yeah. Right, so there was one at the weekend where Hitati finds Jota in the box. It's a great pass. Threads it through, splits the Aberdeen defence. Jota kind of miscontrols it, but ends up with Maeda potentially winning a penalty. Mm-hmm. But VAR's take it back and Jota's offside. Nobody has a problem with that. It's well offside. Is and it's obvious. It's the ones where it's the toe or the shoulder, mm-hmm. and there's lines being drawn. And as you say, they're looking at it for three, four minutes. They're the ones that are getting on everybody's nerves. They're the agree. ones that frustrate the life out of you. Yeah. It's as if they're doing everything in their power to take the goal away. If it's as obvious as that, then I think everybody agrees with it. Everybody goes right. He's offside there. Even the Celtic fans at the weekend, he's offside. Play on. But it's these ones that they pull it back and. You, they're taking away some really good goals as well, but it's it's for minuscule stuff and they'll say, well, letter of the law. So maybe that's where the rule has to be changed. I agree. To me, that's that's not as you say, it's not clear and obvious. If it's somebody's a yard offside and they build up to it and, and you can see it with the naked eye or you can see it in a, on, a, on a still straight away, every right-minded footballer, referee, journalist, fan in the crowd would go, yep, no, fair enough. Really argue it. Yeah. If it's, one of, if it's coming down to somebody's big toes off, and we have seen it, and it really literally is, their toe is on the cut of the grass and you can see it from that is that what football is? is that, well, what, is that, is that what we're coming to? Yeah. I, I feel extremely sorry for the players and the fans when the ball's getting uh, stopped and goals are getting cut off to me that's not what VAR's there for VAR's there to get penalties major decisions goals things that, that make football what it is and people have an opinion but when it's coming down that you're having to get a, a ruler to draw a line to say yeah well he's, he's big toes off or he's on that different cut of grass and again you you, you watch that going in you, you're like how can they be hundred yeah how can you be a hundred percent there you know it's <laughs> it comes down to where the camera angle is yeah and I've seen it earlier in the year at, at Motherwell where the oh, camera was another way other part of the stand they just to take their word and they've just to take their word <laughs> now FIFA will always and the Scottish FA will always hide behind the letter of the law 
And if the letter of the law is there, then they are correct. They've got no question to answer. But it's just so, so, I don't know. It's yeah, it's very annoying. Mm. Uh, it's the first thing I get asked when I go into work. People saying, did you see that decision? It's no, yeah. it's no more about saying, oh, did you see that goal Simon Donnelly scored at the weekend? Or mm. did you see what with them getting yeah. beat by this? It's, it's, made, it's made us watch football in a different way. And, cynical. And, yeah, and, and react to it. And as I say... Players as well, I think, must get frustrated. I mean, players will go away and celebrate a goal and then it's pulled back for something, you know, further back in the phase. And as it's taking that kind of spontaneity... Does it take that enjoyment of, you've just went and scored... So take take this weekend, say, Cholak scores for Rangers Mm. or whoever Mida scores for Celtic. And they know it's tight, but they have to hold back their celebration because they're waiting to see... And then they've got a delayed reaction for a celebration. That's taking away yep. that person's moment of, moment of glory and a, a huge part of their life. Just let's just hope that VAR works this time, that it doesn't break down like it did. I know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We were told, though, that there was always a generator that was ready to go and then this, this problem shouldn't happen. But hey, we're in Scotland. That wasn't ideal, was it? When they, they announced it over Hamden that it was away and then they announced that it was back. In fact, was there not an incident in the middle of it, it as was, well? was. That was when the Ryan Kent kind of punched or whatever you want to call it forearm yeah. smash or something I hope there's none of that I hope they've paid their meter <laughs> and then they've got a, a stack of pound coins into the side oh exactly and listen I understand a bit of history between you two anyway in terms of your behaviour <laughs> on, on the sidelines when, when you were in a Partick Thistle is that correct Des? No, I didn't no Simon wasn't the Simon wasn't the worst none oh. of the guys were the, that's, that's, that's probably not uh, no no they were always um Always very um, supportive of their team, and yeah, there's a couple of occasions where they can have a wee, a wee shout bang forward. But it was always cordial. I was, uh, I was quite happy to look after myself. But no, in, in general, I think that one of your colleagues could was maybe a wee bit more. Who could that be? <laughs> a wee bit more, a wee bit more vociferous. In fact, I remember one up at, I think it was one at Tannadice, Sam, one at St Johnson, when your your co-coach, not Mister McNamara, uh, was a. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. a wee bit, a wee bit a wee, maybe, Mr., maybe Mr. Jackson was just a wee bit, a bit more animated. But again, he would come in afterwards and you would have a laugh and you'd be fine with it. But uh, he, did take some, he did take some talking to sometimes. You must have got some stick as a fourth official in these days, did you, Des? It's the worst job in the world. <laughs> I was just about to say, I think you guys get all the frustration vented towards you eh, because oh. of the guy that's between the dugouts. I used to, my, my standard reply was, Say it was Steve or it was Willie Cup, whoever the referee may have been, or if I was the referee, and I'm quite happy to be 40 yards away, I wouldn't be, I'd be passing it to my fourth official. But I used to say to the, ref, the management team, saying, So Simon came up to me and said, Why is Steve not giving that decision or mm. what's happened here? I'm like, I'm telling him advice. I said, It's like you telling Jackie. Jackie can take your advice or tell you to fling it away. It's entirely <laughs> up to the guy in the middle. He's the boss. Jackie's your boss. So it's a, an assistant manager and a fourth official are, are very similar. But, uh, <laughs> but when you're standing, in, you're standing in the middle and you've got one dugout on one side and another on the other, you're just like, No, come on. Giza. He's a break, but we boys. That, that's just a strange dynamic of Hamden, though, isn't it, Simon? Because the, that's the best place. The technical areas are so far so away. So far away, aye. It's, it makes it kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a, it's a strange setup at Hamden. I remember going there with Dundee United, funnily enough, a couple of times, and when you're going out there to try and get a message across, you feel as if you're on your own. <laughs> I think the managers must feel that a lot yeah. of the time if yeah. they're out there. You know, it's such a big technical area, mm-hmm. uh, and even if you were. As I say, me as the number two wanting to go out and say something to Jackie or whatever, it's almost half a mile to try and catch him. But <laughs> no, it's it's a different setup. I don't know where you guys are at Hamden. The use. Uh, so we're obviously in the middle. The guys tend to stand forward just towards the edge of the grass. So there's, you, you can still talk to the, both the managers either side of you. 
and you're aware there's obviously guys behind you. So, so the proximity is not quite the same. No, as it's not quite as intense. Most other stadiums, yeah. Where. Not quite Capolo, is it? It's not Cap. <laughs> it's not Capolo. Dundee, Tannadice was okay because they they bench the two dugouts almost ran ran through one another. Kilmarnock was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The tight ones, Morton was always tight. Hearts was always tight. But yeah, I think um, I think it's Kevin Clancy's fourth official the weekend. So mm-hmm. not that you're going to see a range of Celtic games going to be easier, but it might be easier on the sidelines for Kevin mm-hmm. than, than most games. No, exactly. What what's going through their minds then? What's the preparation for the for the guys going to going to the game on Sunday? Are they, do they all meet up in a hotel, don't they, and, and yep. get their instructions? So the week will just be the exact same as for a player. They'll be doing their looking at their doing their due diligence, looking at the previous games that between both clubs on the okay, we've only had a couple, but they'll check the games that have been going on this year. They'll be looking at the way the teams have played the last couple of weeks. Is there any injuries? Is there any suspensions? What's potentially a likely starting lineup? Yep. Do your do your research on free kicks and corner kicks. Is there who are the ones that come up? Who are the ones that maybe potentially jostling and pulling, etc. Who are you? Who are you expecting to maybe be the the hot heads on the? So they'll just be doing the exact same tactical analysis oh. that, a, that, a, that a player would do. Again, they'll be training through the week, mm-hmm. training most days if not every day. I know certainly I, if it was a Saturday game, I prefer to take the Thursday as my rest day and train on a Friday because I didn't like turning up on a Saturday having been stiff for a day and not done anything. I like to go through. A, a wee motion there so yeah they'll be training they will meet up on Sunday morning uh, it'll be a hotel they'll go in they'll get some breakfast or they may they may actually because there's the underground car parking at Hamden they may actually go direct there to Hamden they may go there themselves and get some food uh, which is probably more likely but uh, they'll have something light and then they'll be down in the dressing room I would imagine 90 minutes before kickoff. Mm. but Nick will be thinking about it all week <laughs> he'll be thinking about it all week and I, I, I'm sure that he'll go in and hopefully have a, a positive game that's it. I never dawned on me that they would actually look at the who was playing Simon and and work out uh, which players to, to keep I an think, eye on. I th- listen, I think if they're doing their jobs, they have to they have to know that and they have to know potential problems to yep. look for in the game, mm-hmm. uh, different styles of play and stuff. So I, I'm not surprised that yep. they, they get through. I, I don't envy them to be honest. <laughs> I really, I really don't. I used to referee games in training and. You got it from every angle. So, in all seriousness, I, I do not envy the job of a referee as much as I've gave them stick over the years. Yeah, I, I know one thing that certainly, certainly I used to do, I used to try and pick out a couple of the players that, that you knew and you knew you could talk to yeah. and go run by, say, Simon, you see that he's able to go, Simon, tell Jackie, stand up, don't dive in, or tell him he's got one more left. So, by the time you actually go and talk to him or you're going to take action, mm-hmm. you've tried to manage that situation yeah. before you even get there. I think that helps. I, I, I was speaking about this last week as well I think communication between players and referees it does one, one of the problems I always get irritated not so much probably can't remember back when I was playing but when, when I was a coaching all joking aside when there was a kind of arrogance or as if you couldn't speak to them yeah. it just fuels the flames mm-hmm. it just makes people more angry and then there's a confrontation I think if there is communication like that I think it, it helps every situation Mm. You try and build that communication yep. prior to the, so if a manager or coach comes in with the, the team sheets or if I'm walking into the stadium or going to do your pitch inspection I would always always make the point of saying hello to them shaking their hand how are you doing had, had a good week everything yep. okay just a bit of small talk same with players just nod how are you doing good to see you then you've got the team sheet coming in again because the last thing you want is a coach or a player going back into their own dressing room saying by the way that referee mm. what do you see the attitude on him yeah. so it it's a people game. Yeah. It's a it's a relationship. You're going to more than likely see these guys four or five times a year. So yeah. 
that's the it's a, it's a relationship building and if that can help you manage the game later on under a certain situation then all the better for you what about players trying to not influence but encourage the referee let's say or remind him of certain things to look out for is that something that happened in your day did some of your teammates uh, say right come on uh, you need to watch out for him he's an assassin he's going to kill us or, no, I, don't, I don't think so much I think maybe just complaining during games that you got you got players that were, were more vocal than others I, I, I genuinely don't really remember myself being there might be referees out there that remember <laughs> me having a go at them at times but I, I never had any kind of run-ins with certain, uh, certain referees I do think back in my day there was more of a you know you could go as a group I remember even further back Aberdeen always having to do it but I think now you get pulled up for that sort of stuff yeah. I think a couple of teams was it Leeds and somebody last week Man, uh, maybe Man United get yes. pulled up for it so I think that's been taken away I think correctly you yeah. know uh, kind of hounding the referee with certain decisions but I think there probably was a wee bit more of that in my, my time mm-hmm. with, with teams trying to influence but that's that's been taken away as is all the heavy tackles as you keep telling us about there <laughs> exactly the game's changed I said no one will go up to Nick Walsh on Sunday and say one Nick you need to watch out for him he's, a, he's going to be getting the elbows out I wouldn't no. think so yeah. I wouldn't think so yeah. there's that many cameras now as well I know you can't, you can't, you get can't away really get away with anything uh-huh. you know you're talking about the, the Ryan Jack one there mm-hmm. I think everything's scrutinised now there's that many cameras no exactly I remember uh, talking to the late Bertie Old told me a fa- fabulous story uh, there's a great referee called Tom Wharton who yeah. you'll have heard of his nickname was Tiny because he was about 9 foot 6 and he was sent down to cover a Birmingham City game because Bertie had gone to play for Birmingham for right. a while in the old Intercity Fairs Cup Yeah. and uh, Bertie goes up to Tom Wharton and says um, ah, well Mr Wharton nice to see you there'll be two Glasgow men in the pitch tonight you'll be looking after me Oh, nice to see you Mr Ald next minute Bertie goes through somebody knocks him about six feet in the air Wharton calls him over and says Mr Ald you said there were two people from Glasgow in the pitch tonight now there's only one <laughs> <laughs> off you go off you go <laughs> so I suppose at least he was reacting interacting yeah. with the players <laughs> I've heard a few tiny, stories tiny what now I've heard a few stories with certain referees to certain comments along the lines of you want this other team to win, you're, you're, a cheat, you're cheating. Okay. Words I've heard, thinking, well, I can certainly have far more influence on the game than any of your players. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, fingers crossed, uh, it all goes well for Nick Walsh and his merry men on Sunday. I presume you'll be there, Simon, you'll be involved. Um, from a football point of view, how are you looking at it? If Celtic have their A game, are they too strong? I think so. I, I, I do think so. I think they've got the, the stronger squad, the stronger starting eleven. Having said that, the last game... You know, capitalising on a mistake early on, the game turned in its head just after half time, mm-hmm. uh, and then Celtic had to get a late equaliser. So the cliche is form goes out the window, but I think if Celtic are at it, Celtic win. Just the the whole pressing game and the the, the pace up front and the yeah, and I just think their their midfield's very strong. I think Hatati at the moment, I thought he was sensational at the weekend. Yeah. I think he's getting better. Came off the bench the week before, scored two goals. I think he's getting stronger all the time. The concern for him is Kyogo. Ho- hopefully, he'll be fit, fully fit with the, the shoulder injury. They look solid at the back. I just think I think Celtic are the stronger team. They have to, you know, turn up on the day, right enough. Is there anyone in the Rangers side that, that worries you at all? Or I mean, Sakala has done quite well in the last couple of these games. I think, uh, for example, I think the blow will be Tillman if if Tillman isn't fit for them. I think he's been one of their better performers recently. Yeah. There's some new players coming in there, so I don't really know 
I don't know Rangers' strongest 11. I still think Morelis is their strongest striker. Yeah. He's scored a couple of goals recently, but will he play? We don't know. But I just, I, I, I do feel watching a lot of Celtic, I don't think they were at their best against St Mirren, but scored five. They were ruthless towards the end, capitalised on the man getting sent off. Mm-hmm. I thought they were very good at the weekend. So if they're in top form, I, I see them winning. I know you brought it up there. I mean, Todd Cantwell and Nico Raskin could be playing, making their old firm debut, uh, basically three or four games into their Rangers career. I mean, that's a sink or swim job, that one, isn't it? It is, but I always look at that as a great opportunity. Uh-huh. People were saying to me about, oh, coming in at Celtic, 21-year-old, yeah. and he started at the weekend. I thought he had a quiet game, and if Kyogo's fit, Kyogo starts. But what an opportunity if he gets the chance, you know, to, to be a hero. It's the same for the Rangers players. I always look at the positive on that. I mean, four four games in to their, their Rangers career, they could be playing in the final. No, exactly. Very interesting times ahead. Yes. You and I will go through it all in great detail next week, Des, I trust. Yes, I'm sure we will. With thanks. our good friend, Stephen. Simon, thanks very much for joining us Thank tonight. You. Good luck in the future, and we'll see you all next time on Get Involved Referee.